Our Father, we thank you for the reality of the words we've just heard sung to us. We are so thankful this morning, Father, for a Savior who lives in the power of an endless life, seated at your right hand, interceding for us. And we are so thankful, Father, that the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus at Calvary was sufficient, totally sufficient to put away our every sin and make us people who are accepted in him. What a privilege, what a joy to know that one day, as we've just been reminded of the words of John there in Revelation, one day, yes, we shall see him face to face. And we shall praise him and worship him as we ought. Until then, Father, remind us from your word now. As a few of these thoughts that we have just to share together and be reminded of what we have in Christ Jesus. And, and what a privilege it is to know him. And I again pray for anyone that might not be a believer here this morning. Who's never, never really put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. May today be the day. Amen. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a joy and a real privilege to be with you once again. Thank you for your kind invitation. And I, I uh, uh, wish to have been with you last Sunday, but there were changes. And I, I'm always happy to try to try to fit in. I, I have a little poem that I have in the back of my Bible. And I, I have to read it quite often just to kind of get my heart in the right sequence here. And it says, Lord, you know I'm getting older. Keep me from becoming talkative and possessed with the idea that I must express myself on every subject. Release me from the craving to straighten out everyone's affairs. Keep me from the recital of endless detail. Give me wings to get to the point. Seal my lips when I'm inclined to tell of my aches and pains. They're increasing with the years, and my love to speak of them grows sweeter as time goes by. Teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally I may be wrong. Make me thoughtful, but not nosy. Helpful, but not bossy. With my vast store of wisdom and experience, it does seem a pity not to use it all. But you know, Lord, that I want a few friends at the end. Well, (laughs) if it fits... It's a joy to be with you. It's a joy to be with you. And I thank the Lord for the opportunity. What's that again, brother? Oh, absolutely. One of our younger citizens here would like a copy. That's fine. First things first, though, I, I do want to let you know that just this past week, just and I, mean, I really mean this, just this past week, I got a note from Phil in Quito, and he said, be sure and, and give our regards to the believers at, at uh, Danville. And again, thank them for the opportunity and the privilege of being with you. So I pass that on to you. I also want you to know that uh, we are the proud, uh, again, the proud parents of grandson, grandchild number 10. Uh, Caleb Andrew was born on the 17th of March, St. Patty's Day. And uh, he is doing great. He was born six weeks early, but uh, he's home. And uh, mother has some very, very, very rich milk, and he has already gained a pound. And so we're thankful for that. And we appreciate you remembering the, uh, the uh, Payne Juniors in, in Tracy as they, uh, from what we hear, this is it. So only the Lord knows. 
and I'm not going anywhere else with that. <laughs> well, it's a day of celebration today, and I have been hearing about your great day yesterday, and I almost feel like I'm coming over some old roads here today, but uh, the Lord knows, the Lord laid some thoughts on my heart, and I trust that they'll be a blessing to you as they've been to me as I've sought to prepare for this message this morning. As you know, we've been in Luke, but I thought I would uh, change because this is Palm Sunday, and it's a great day of celebration. And it was then. Uh, Let's turn to Matthew 21, if you will, please. Matthew 21, and beginning at verse 1. And we have the triumphal entry of our Lord Jesus into Jerusalem. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A cloak on the road, while a a large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus has come. Jesus has come to Jerusalem. His coming was planned. We've just read about it then, verses 7 and 8. His coming was planned. His coming was received by some. His coming created much excitement to many. In verse 9, and we just read it, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We were reminded this morning at the remembrance service a little bit of what must have taken place in Iraq these past few days. And I'm not here to change you or persuade you one way or another. I'm just here to tell you what came to these ears and eyes as I viewed people who were free. Free. And some were kissing President Bush's picture. And some were saying, Thank you, Mr. Bush. Thank you, United States. Thank you, United Kingdom. Can you imagine when the King of Kings and Lord of Lords comes... Can you imagine that day when he came uh, sitting on a donkey and they cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And even though though all of that excitement was going on, there were those who were saying, Who is this? Who is this? Is that your question this morning? Who is this that you guys have been talking about? They were also those who rejected him. Yes, there were those who walked away. 
And yes, we have also seen, haven't we, some scenes on television in these past few days saying, U.S., where were you? Look at the looting that's going on and look at the destruction. U.S., I thought you were coming to free us. Now they want us as policemen. Now they want us to protect them. And on and on it goes. Yes, there were those who rejected him. How many, I wonder, who cried Hosanna in that day were among those who just a few days later said, Crucify him. Crucify him. We'll not have this man to rule over us. John 1.11 reminds us that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to those who received him, to those who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Oh, we need to remind our hearts this morning. I shared just very briefly because I felt I, I really needed to help on this scripture memorization class. But I shared something that always strikes me as I look at the scriptures and I read, and as I've read this portion over and over again, is that we forget, folks, don't we? That there were those unbelievers, there were those unbelieving hearts in that day as they are today. And there were those who said, who is this that's come? Have you experienced him? Have you experienced his love, I ask, this morning? And we need, we need to remind our hearts that, that there were those who doubted in that day, as they do today, even though he has come. You, say, you see, today we celebrate this event as Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Two thousand plus years later. And I ask you the question, is there any difference? Does it make any difference to you? Or does it mean that we've reached the time when our kiddies will go out and hunt Easter eggs? And that's what Easter is all about. This is Palm Sunday, folks. It's recorded in the Scriptures. And most of us believe that He, our Lord Jesus Christ, came. That He came to Jerusalem. It is also written that this one was crucified. And that He died for my sins and yours. Most of us here this morning, I'm so, I suspect, most of us believe this and are thankful for him. Some still doubt, though, that he came to die for us. Some still seek a religion, not a relationship. Some seek a knowledge of this man whom, of whom was written so much by historians, but they really haven't had a personal relationship with the risen Christ. Many today still ask the same question. Who is this? Who is this? Jesus had promised his disciples and those of us who believe in him today that he's coming again. He's coming again, folks. I have an uncle that I look forward to meeting one day in glory who said to me when I was still a pretty young guy, he said, you know, your dad used to talk about this. Your Uncle Arthur used to talk about the coming of the Lord Jesus. And I have to ask you, John, when is he coming? When is, you keep telling me he's coming. When is he coming? And you know, I think that there are many today. God love you, but in ignorance you say, well, when is he coming? I've been hearing this for, for the last five, six, ten years. I've been coming, that he's coming. And he hasn't come yet. 
Well, the scriptures say he's coming. And the Lord Jesus in Revelation, and I'm sure you heard it yesterday, says, Behold, I come. Quickly. Thank you. Again, behold, I come. Quickly. Quickly. And that doesn't mean he's going to run in necessarily. That means that he's coming just that quick. Just that quick. Are you ready for his coming? The Lord Jesus said to his disciples there in John 14:3, he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you might be also. Those were not just words, folks. That's a promise. And I ask you, as we asked in the memory verse uh, that we studied this morning about the resurrected Christ, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Fellow believer, do you believe it? (laughs) Oh, you know, this same Jesus, the angels, two men dressed in white, said to those disciples as they watched the Lord Jesus disappear from them, he says, why are you looking up to heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. He's coming again. He's coming again. Now, may I make a personal application here? Maybe you can relate to it. I'm sure most, if not all of you, can relate to this. You know, as human beings, we, we get quite excited at different things that, that transpire in our lives, don't we? Uh, I remember back in January of this year sending a message to my oldest son, Phil. And I said, you know, Phil, we're having a missions conference in March in Susanville. And we'd love to have one of our missionaries visit us for that conference and be our guest, our keynote speaker. Would you come? Would you come? And I waited and I waited. And several days later, the message came back. I keep forgetting that somehow he gets busy back there and he just doesn't realize that when dad sends a note, he ought to respond right away. (laughs) But the message came back, dad, I'd I'd love to come. I'd love to come. And I, I, I sent a message back and I said, Phil, we'd like for both you and Elizabeth to come. Now, folks, you, you know this because you helped bring them and you, you fellowshiped, uh, you, don't worry, I, I'm sure you know this. I can't believe that your leading elders wouldn't tell you that you as a, as a local uh, body of believers helped financially in bringing them to the States. And we appreciate that and we thank you for it. But my point is this. There was excitement. There was excitement. Philip and Elizabeth are coming. Now, I, I know that excites you too, but, but you know, it was, it was just one of those things that just... Not only did it settle my plans as a chairman of the missions committee that we had a conference speaker, but hey, Philip's coming and he's going to speak. Now, we need to get a theme together and we need to think about their visit. They're only going to be here for three or four days. Uh, Where should they stay? Well, we have a room in our home. I think we'll set set them up for that. And, And Brenda got busy preparing for the meals and and then Philip says, Dad, could I borrow your truck to get around? I'm going to be in the Bay Area. And I said, sure, sure. And man, the excitement was there. He's coming. And, you know, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have convinced me they weren't coming. I knew they were coming. I was positive of it. The Lord Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, said, I'm coming. I'm coming. Are you ready? Are you making preparation? 
Or are you just thinking about tomorrow morning when most of you high-level executives will go to work and most of you mothers will be preparing your kids for school and saying, woof, another weekend's gone and get rid of the kids and have a quiet day. The Lord Jesus says, I'm coming. He said to his disciples, we read it there, go and make preparations. And they did. And he came. Sad to say, sad to say, that in our busy, busy lives today, many of us will walk out of here today, and I really am not too terribly concerned about how you feel about me personally, but I wonder what you'll have to say about the reminder that the Lord Jesus, your Savior, the Son of God, who loved you and gave himself for you, said, I'm coming again. Make preparations. (laughs) You know, what are your priorities, I guess, is the question I have for you. You remember the rich ruler there in Luke 18, uh, after he'd seen the Lord Jesus and heard him, he said, "Uh, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to be prepared. He wanted to be ready. And you remember what the Lord Jesus said to him? Oh, he hit him right deep in the very center of his heart. He says, young man, go and sell. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now, now don't misunderstand me. This gospel that we share with you, this good news we share with you, does not immediately require that you become poor. That wasn't the message. That was not it at all. You know what it was? Get your priorities straight, young man. Get yourself squared away. And and right now your God is the dollar. And all the possessions that you have. And so the first thing you need to do is get rid of those. Get rid of them. I don't know where you're at today. But he said, you know, take care of that. Set up your treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. And the Lord Jesus, the message is the same for you and me today, folks. Follow me. Follow me. Peter was asked, uh, well, before I get to that, I just am reminded of those verses in Mark 8, 34 through 36, where it says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Loses his own soul. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I ask you, Do you know who this is that is coming? Do you know him personally? Are you trusting in him? The Lord Jesus looked at Peter one day and and, uh, again, you know, we were reminded of these accounts in the scriptures and and many times we're so quick uh, to uh, uh, give it our two cents worth. And uh, it would never happen to me. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? John, do you love me? And if you do, this is what I want you to do. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, get busy. Take care of my people. And he was asked that question three times. Do you love me? You know, it required sacrifices. And it may require sacrifices on your part, on mine this morning. When the Lord Jesus turns to us and says, Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? These things that I put before you? And we all have different experiences and different priorities in life. What do you think of my word? 
Do you read it? Do you meditate on it? Do you apply it? Do you share your faith with others? I've been reading Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest. I know many of you read that from time to time. It's heavy reading sometimes. And it's not just the English that he uses. (laughs) It's the thoughts that he shares that makes it rather heavy for me. But you know, I'm reminded of him because he he had a devotional not too long ago on this particular verse, Philippians 3.10. And the Apostle Paul says, I want to know him, that is Christ. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And what does Oswald Chambers say? You know, it's more than just knowing about him. It's more than just knowing the word. It's that personal application and that desire to know him fully. That was Paul's desire. His burning desire. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Being made conformable unto his death. Paul suffered much, as we all know, for his testimony. I want to know him. Yes, it required some personal sacrifices. And then, you know, uh, though another very, very, very favorite of mine is, is a reminder that God gave Moses there in the Old Testament in Exodus 33. Do you remember? God wanted him to lead his people. God wanted him to lead the nation of Israel. And, 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 and Moses said, Lord, Lord, unless you go with us, we're not interested in going. Has that ever, ever happened to you? When the Lord says, I want you to pick up everything and I want you to move. And, uh, or I want you to leave this job and go to this one. And you say, but, but I've established all this reputation over here. I'm doing so well over here. God says, no, I want you to move. Well, uh, let's be sure that we're moving as God directs us. Amen. Moses said, Lord, unless you go before us and lead us, I, I, I just don't want to go. And, and what a beautiful promise. You remember? My presence shall go with thee, Moses, and I will give you rest. My presence shall go with you. God answers our prayers if we'll simply seek to give him first place in our lives. I'm convinced of that. To us today, he says there in Hebrews 13, I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. But you know what? It requires sacrifice. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know him. And it wasn't just like going to bed and saying, Lord, reveal yourself to me. But it was getting into the Word, getting into prayer, getting into study, being prepared, getting to seeking to know him more and more every moment of every day. Uh, the Lord Jesus there in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Where are you? Who is this? Who is this that's coming? What a day of celebration. Well, as we, as we try to wrap things up here, I just want to have you turned with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I know that probably you know exactly where that is because you probably were directed to that yesterday. Amen? Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I just want to read and share 
some, some brief thoughts with you about this. As we think of eternity, as we think of eternity, not today, not tomorrow, but our lives in view of eternity. The Lord Jesus is coming again. And the Apostle Paul takes opportunity here to speak to the Christians at Thessalonica and to help them understand the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now remember, remember that they did not have the entire scriptures as you and I have them. The Apostle Paul came to them. In his day, I'm sure it was as we read in historical books, it was a pagan world. People were not interested in these things. They had no hope of life after death whatsoever. It was like live today and live for the best and because you're here today and gone tomorrow. And Paul said, no, 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 no. There's much more than that. The believers were concerned. And they were, they were concerned and asking Paul uh, many questions about what, what has God prepared for us? What is the plan? What's the direction that we're going in? What's going to happen? Uh, what's happened to my, my father, my mother, my cousin, my friends that died? Where are they? Maybe you have that question today. Who is this that says, I am the resurrection and the life? He who believes in me shall live even though he dies. Paul writes to the believers, believers whose hearts were heavy about friends and loved ones who had gone before them. And there in verse 13 he says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, those who die, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Nothing worse in my, my personal observation is to go to a funeral and, and conduct a funeral for someone who had no hope whatsoever. But what a difference when you go and it's a believer that has just gone to be with the Lord. And I ask you this morning, do you understand the meaning and the difference here? Paul says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, terrorize each other with these words. Is that what it says? No, 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 no. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Five things that, uh, that, that Paul shares with them here, and I just briefly share with you this morning, just to encourage you and to comfort you. If you've lost a loved one recently, Paul, first of all, there in verses 13 to 15 says, listen, we have the revelation. We have revelation, God's own word. It's a promise. John 14. We've quoted that this morning. The Lord Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place. It's the Lord's own word, he says there in verse 15. God's revelation, you see, it was gradual or is gradual and progressive and it climaxed in the coming of Christ when the Lord Jesus came. Second Timothy 1.10 says of him, he who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
So we have the revelation of God's Word. And then he says, we have the promise of His return. He's coming again. Verses 14 and 15. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. According to the Lord's own Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven. The Lord's not sending an angel He's not sending someone as his representative. It says the Lord himself is coming. Who is this? Who is this? He's coming again. Paul relates his return. He's coming again. And those who sleep in Jesus, he says, will return with him. Will return with him. And then we have the resurrection of the Christian dead. Those who are asleep in Him, verses 15 and 16. When Christ returns in the air, as Paul says, there'll be a resurrection. Not not a reconstruction, but a resurrection, folks, of each and every one. To new bodies like Him. We shall have glorified bodies just like Christ. We have the revelation of God's Word. We have the promise of His return. We have the resurrection of the Christian dead first, and then we shall join them in the air. And so, in verse 17, he says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. Say it with me. Forever. Forever. Does that excite you? Who is this? Who is this that has come to Jerusalem? Who is this one that Paul speaks of? Oh, the blessed rapture of the church of all believers. Caught up to be with him. And finally, he says, we're going to be with him forever. Final reunion. It'll all be over. Someone this morning prayed and said, there'll be no more bread, there'll be no more wine. We'll be in the presence of the King of Kings. We'll be with Him and like Him for all eternity. Forever, forever with the Lord. One day, you and I, those of us who've walked with Him by faith, will see Him face to face. That excite you? He's coming again. He's coming again. We shall be like Him. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful portion of Scripture. John writes and he says... uh, Beginning at verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears we shall be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him, what's it say? Purifies Himself just as He is pure. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Are you seeking to be more and more like Him? Do you believe in His second coming? Do you believe that He could come today? I know Randy doesn't believe that uh, could happen. He'd rather... No, no, we won't go there. But, you know what? The Lord is coming. And we are looking for His second return. And we look forward, I trust, each one of us to being prepared for His soon return. Yes, Paul says, therefore, encourage one another. 
encourage one another with these words. Oh, how much we need to encourage one another day by day. I wonder if you're living, are you living this morning as a, as a believer in the Lord Jesus, living with eternity's values in view? It could be today. It could be before the end of this service. And if he should come, I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that says, you know, I heard you, I heard about it yesterday, I heard about it last Sunday, and I didn't make my final preparations. God forbid that there would be one here this morning that would say no to him. He desires that you have eternal life. He's died. He paid the price. He suffered and bled and died that you might never have to suffer again. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, the Lord Jesus says, and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. The verse of scripture that we we shared this morning in the memory time. This is the true Easter celebration for the Lord Jesus himself. And today we know that it's a fact. It has happened. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? The Lord Jesus in John 14 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you hear nothing else this morning, I trust you'll hear this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no other way. (laughs) But it is a glorious way. It cost God His Son. He gave Him fully and freely upon the cross. And those of us who know Him as Savior this morning rejoice in the assurance that our sins have been put away for all eternity. Forever. Forever. And we invite you this morning to trust Him. Do you know Him? Oh, I trust that you do. And I trust that if you don't, you'll, you'll meet up with someone here that you have confidence in, you know as a believer. And make sure that before you leave, you can answer the question, Who is this? And you'll be able to say, He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And I'm going to see Him, perhaps even today. Are you becoming, dear fellow believer, more and more like Him each day? Let's pray, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we we thank you this morning for our Lord Jesus. We thank you for your your word. And we thank you that uh, our Lord Jesus Christ did come. And as we think of this account of Palm Sunday, of the 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 approach and the his coming triumphant, triumphantly into Jerusalem. We thank you that he also came and went to the cross of Calvary and there died for us in our room instead. And we thank you, Father, that this blessed one not only died but he was buried. And the scriptures remind us that he rose the third day triumphant from the grave. And we know, as we read in Acts, that he was taken up into heaven into your presence, Father. And this morning he's at your right hand interceding for us. 
And I pray, Father, that the reality of these words might be ours, not just today, but in these coming days, as we again celebrate Easter and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. May we not forget that he's coming again. May we not forget that he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And he's gone to prepare a place for us. And one day he's coming to take us to be with himself for time and for eternity. I pray, Father, if there's one, if there's one here this morning that knows you not a Savior, may this day be the day in which they will commit their lives fully to you and trust you as their Savior and Lord, whom to know is life eternal. We ask your blessing now in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Amen.